0: Here we come blue and white and we're looking good You'll be in for a fight and we fight pretty good Getting goals is our job and we get goals good Looking good, we are Carlisle United Carlisle United, the team that's on the ball Carlisle
1: United
0: Ooh, it's a hot one out there today, Danny. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of The Brunt Bugle, a podcast hosting on the trials and tribulations of United Football Club. From Matty Robson to Shane Reddish and Stephen Halliday to Philip Hadland, we've got it covered. As usual, I'm joined by one of my co-hosts, and this week it's Dan McLennan. Dan, how's it going?
1: Not too bad, as warm as most people are. And ah. here's is, he is a little heat-related fact. Go on. People say they're sweating like a lizard. But lizards don't actually
0: sweat. Oh, there's a top fact here. Well, I was going to say to you that I'm I'm sweating like Anthony Gerrard in the queue at Greggs at closing time. That's what I'm like right now. Um,
1: <laughs> poor, poor Anthony.
0: Yeah, you know what? He's a big lad, but he was a good player. Not up to, yeah. No doubt about that at all. Um, yeah, so um, it's been a month since we last did an episode, isn't it, Dan? And a, a fair bit has happened in that time, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean uh we've we've had uh we've obviously heard about the players who'd been offered contracts. We've had eight new signings. Uh the club have revealed a bit of the season ticket info and sort of general info for getting in. Uh the new kits are out. Two trialists. Yeah, two trialists and then obviously the uh the ending Macclesfield Stevenage Sager and Harrogate coming up, so yeah, yeah. plenty to talk about.
0: Whoop, whoop. Funny enough, you've basically just rounded up everything we're going to talk about today. I was about to do that. But yeah, so coming up on this episode, we have got a wide range of topics to talk about. So general squad news, we'll look at the captain's announcements, the contracts that were turned down and the trialists. The eight new signings. Danny, you've been looking into those. Yeah. Um, season tickets are set to go on sale. Um, new kits are out. Harrogate have been promoted, still relegated, Stephen are just staying up by some miracle. And uh, we've got a few little bits of former Cal United player news as well to bring you. Um, we'll also be revealing at the end of the show the winner of the Walling Cal United bucket hat competition, which we ran on social media. Remember that you can still pre-order the next batch of those bucket hats, which are available at footballbubbles.com. But first, before we start, a bit of a new feature, Danny. I'm going to try something uh, different. We're going to open the episode with a set of quiz questions taken from the official Carl United quiz book. So this book came out in 2009. It was endorsed by the club and written by professional quiz-, quiz writers. You can pick up a copy on eBay. Danny, you've got a bit of a, a bit more on that, haven't you? Yeah, uh,
1: I've noticed. I, I keep an eye on eBay quite a bit for various Carlisle memorabilia. And this book seems to have suddenly several copies seem uh, generally available at uh, a decent price usually around a 5 or so yeah. and also the on this day Carlisle united someone must have found a few copies in a warehouse somewhere cuz there's several copies of that available as well
0: yeah of course that one was written by andy hall the club's media officer quite a few years ago um so yeah um it's it's not a bad little book actually but my favorite thing about it danny is the back cover it's got a list of endorsements and a uh, you would never guess who some of these ones are on here. So uh, we'll start. We'll go from the top down, think uh, it's the best way to do it. In fact, no, we'll go from the bottom up. So uh, at the bottom, the first one, this is an obvious one. It's John Gorman, ex Carl United legend, of course, a legend of the game generally. And uh, he says, an interesting study of Carl United, a team very close to my heart. So many great characters and players have played for this famous team. I wish the book well. <laughs> Strange wishing a book well, isn't it? Yeah. Next one. Next up guess who this one is the Brunson Park Bible a gem of a book about a gem of a football club
1: that's a very cheesy line but I've no idea who
0: Robbie D of CFM <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's,
1: he's
0: known for his <laughs> cheesy lines on the road
1: boys,
0: isn't he <coughs> yep um, next up engage your brain your memory and intuition and 118 pages of history and learning about your club brilliant if you haven't got a copy you're not a supporter
1: that's uh quite an in-depth review isn't it it's it's um it's almost an academic type review isn't it i wonder if it's someone who's quite well educated
0: uh... uh, i'd would, I would hope so it's, it's michael grade the former uh, head of itv and head of bbc oh, in the right, past. Right. A, yeah. of a strange one this is one of my favorites i think if you're a real Cal-O fan, can you really resist this test Find out how much of a fan you are with some brain teasers for only the most knowledgeable footballer, follower, sorry. That could be anyone. Carol Melia from BC off. <laughs> this is a very random list, it isn't is. it? Uh, so the, the, the last three, you, you'd probably never get them, but basically, Richard Eccles from Carlisle Living Magazine, Pete Moss from CFM, and Steve Johnson from the Times and Star. Uh, a real weird bunch of uh, things there, isn't it? Yeah, different. Yeah. So anyway, what we're going to do, we're going to start off and we're going to ask you some questions, Dan. Oh, okay. We'll see how many you can get. Let's test your knowledge. Okay. So I want you to pick a number from one to four and that'll decide which set of questions you get.
1: Uh, I'll go for the number four.
0: Okay, which questions are you going to get? I hope you're not looking at your copy of this book, by the way. No, it's upstairs
1: <laughs> in a box with all the others.
0: Okay, yeah, you might do all right with this one, actually. Yeah, you might do okay. Right. <coughs> So this question is it, this one is where did they go? So the questions basically are, you get name of a player who played for Carlisle, but where they went when they left Carlisle. And now this right. is the first time around. So if they've left more than once, it's the first time. So first up, Bill Shankly. Uh, that would be Preston North End. I believe that's right. Just, I should have the answers ready, really, shouldn't I? I'm ask questions <laughs> Good idea. Uh, correct, Preston North End. Ah, uh, not too bad. Number two, Scott Dobie. Oh, Scott Dobie. First time round this. West Brom. Yes, for I think it was like one hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, which yeah. is a measly figure, really, when you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Number three, Peter Beardsley.
1: Vancouver Whitecaps.
0: Correct. Uh, number four, Kenny Lowe. Mm,
1: did he go? Either Darlington or Hartlepool, one of those. I'll go for the Seaside Hartlepool.
0: Correct, Hartlepool Ooh. is the right answer. <laughs> number five, Lee Peacock. Mansfield Town. Because from there
1: he went to Man City, didn't he?
0: Yeah, for stupid money. And then yeah. on to Bristol City for more stupid money. Uh, number six, Tom Cowan.
1: If memory serves me right, I think he possibly went to Barrow.
0: Yes, he did go to Barrow, that's Correct. Uh, number seven, he's one. this one, Matt Janssen.
1: Crystal Palace.
0: Number eight, Des Byrne.
1: Right, I'm sure he went back to Ireland from uh, Carlisle. And for some reason, St. Patrick's Athletic is in my head. So I'll go for them.
0: You're right, St. Patrick's <laughs> Athletic is the right answer. You're getting a bit nervous there, aren't you? Yeah. Number nine, Joe Laidlaw.
1: Ooh, now this one, obviously, before my time. Uh,
0: No, no idea with this one off the top of my head. The answer for this one is Doncaster Rovers. Ah, right. And finally, uh, number 10, and it is the first time round, of course, Paul Reid. Ah, Glasgow Rangers. That is correct. That's nine out of ten. Not bad style, I don't know. Not bad, not bad. I'll take that. Well, uh, we'll keep that one going, and obviously, people can play along as they're listening. Um, we might do it different next time. Maybe we'll ask you the questions at the start and then we'll give you the answer at the end of the episode. Yeah, But, um, but yes. So anyway, um Dan, let's get stuck into the main part of the show. First up, a general roundup of some of the squad news from the last month since our last regular episode.
1: It's easy to get confused with names. I'm not going to press Preston turns on the edge of the box. It's going to fall. It has it fell to... QD. shut off! It's a goal! Well... Wow. I'm not going to argue with the finish. It ended up in the back of the net, but the Alfred and Town defenders have all their heads have dropped because they should have done better. But Coyote capitalized on a ball that came through from Preston and it just trickled into the back of the net. And Gates find themselves warning up here.
0: Here's Riley. Going round to Ripley and tripped by the mother of goalkeeper. That's a penalty. Well, the goalkeeper getting away with just a
1: yellow card for that infringement. Riley will take the spot kick himself and score to put Hearts three 0 in front. As Riley's fifth goal of the season, his second from the penalties.
0: Okay, down we're back now. Uh, first up, contract news. No major surprises there, really. Was there the news that came out of the last few weeks that uh, Byron Webster, Jack Bridge, and Geffen Jones have turned down their deals?
1: No, I. Uh, As we sort of discussed last time out, we, given the sort of time frame that had occurred, the silence, it was fairly obvious that they weren't going to stay. Indeed, uh, was it Webster appeared on one of the podcasts? Yes, it was an interview, wasn't it? Yeah, he basically said that he turned down his deal, which wasn't the most uh, professional way for us to find out, but... Again, like we say, no surprise. No. Uh, Jones, obviously, we offered him the eighteen month in January. He just took to the end of the season. Given how good a performer he was for us, it's no surprise that he has moved on. And obviously, Bolton uh, <laughs> buying up the best players they can, aren't they? So
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good move for him, isn't it? And. I think we did say last time that he was taking a bit of a gamble, wasn't he, in turning down the 18-month deal and, you know, he was maybe lucky to get the 12-months for us, but fair play to him. He's got, I think, it's a two-year deal at Bolton and he's he's backed his own ability and can't really knock him for that, can you?
1: No, he'll, he'll have a good deal, probably on better money and closer to home, so you can't blame the lad.
0: No, not at all. And uh, Jack Bridge, the final one, maybe a little bit surprised to see him turn it down, but I, I wonder if location's played a big part in that. He's, he's had his 12-months with us, but... Maybe he just doesn't feel settled up in the north, and he's actually turned up on trial at Bristol Rovers. Already left them. <laughs> last yeah, I'm
1: going to say he was only there a week or so, seemingly. And is it uh, Southend possibly yes. linked
0: with him now? Well, he started off at Southend, didn't he? That was his first yeah. club. So I think he's been linked with a move back there. And to be honest, they're they're potless at the moment, aren't they? Really? Yeah. yeah. And have yeah.
1: They, have they actually announced their manager yet? I know the other day they were they were down to sort of a a two man shortlist. So. Well, I've not seen anything, so I'm yeah, 100%. I would. I would imagine it'll probably depend on who gets the job there. Yes,
0: but I, I'd also imagine the fact that they're just going to be desperate players, and someone like that wanting to play for them, they might just give him a deal. Whether whether the manager's there or not, really, that might be one of those sort of ones. Um, yeah. But yeah, good luck to the three of them, you know. And I'd, I'd imagine with Webster, I said this on the last episode. I'd I'd not be amazed if he turned up at Harrogate Town. To be brutally honest, I think that's a logical move for him. Really, considering yeah, his he lives
1: in the area he's got the uh, the experience and it, it's, well it's on his doorstep so and ha- we've noticed Harrogate have started announcing signings this week in so fact, they, uh, well
0: they beat us to a player that well we think they might have beat us to a player we were keen on Connor Kirby but in a position where we're, we're fairly well stocked already so maybe it was one where we decided we were interested in
1: yeah yeah I mean the only official sort of news on that was one of the uh the famous Twitter rumor site, but there's usually yeah. a little bit of truth on some of them. Yeah, it could it could could be that we looked at him, and then we've been offered others and thought, no, you know, he can he can go elsewhere. We're not bothered.
0: Yeah. Okay, well that's those uh, three out of the way. Tara lads, I'm not going to talk about them anymore. Let's move on to players who are still out of the club, and more importantly, our new captain and vice captain. So. Beach sort of announced this before the new signings arrived, which suggests to me he wanted someone who was already in the club and already settled and established. Uh, and the two plays he's picked for captain is Nick Anderton and vice-captain Aaron Hayden. Uh, no real major surprise there, Dan? Uh, given that the our longest-serving
1: players are Mellish and Hayden, I think Hayden was always going to be in the mix. And I think it was fairly clear when Anderton came in he was very much Chris Beach's man. He came in, started playing straight away and he was he was looking quite sharp before the uh before the, the lockdown. Him, yeah. yeah. And he, he's at that age now, I think he's twenty four off the top of my head. He's yeah. at that age where he's he's actually one of the more senior players <laughs> in our in our squad, which we'll come on to later. Yeah. But no, he's he, he strikes you as a captain type, doesn't he?
0: yeah definitely I think the, the, the thing is of the, of the players who have arrived since we'll obviously get onto all their names in a bit but the only one you'd probably look at as a captain potentially would be McDonald I suppose but that, he's, I think you've got to give it to someone who's already at the club and like you said Anderton's really impressed the way he's Held himself and well the way he's played since he arrived, and it was interesting to read his comments about his time at Barrow and uh, playing alongside Danny Livesey, who was captain there, and how much he's influenced him as well.
1: Yeah, I mean that was obviously at the start of Anderton's career. I think he was about nineteen year old when yeah. he was at Barrow, and he left Preston. He? Yeah, I think I think uh, a bit of uh, Livesey rubbed off on him. Which uh, you know, if you can if you can perform at half a level Livesey did in his uh, best years for us, it'll be uh, be good for the club.
0: And yeah, of course, Aaron Hayden as uh, vice captain um done incredibly well, hasn't he, to come back from looking like one of those players you sign and never really use and ends up leaving after one year to a player who's obviously now tied down to us for a, I can't remember if end of the season or next season, but he's you know, a player who Beach really believes in and, and looks looks like he's been playing at League Two level for years, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, it was it was interesting because obviously when he came in last summer as a trialist He obviously impressed enough to get the deal. And then he sort of, he didn't really feature, did he? I think he played in a couple of the uh, trophy games and the other, like, sub-appearance and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, he, uh, you know, changed your manager. He comes in and he took his chance. You know, I mean, you you talk about when a new new manager comes in, it's a, a fresh start for everyone. Some players step up to the plate and Adam Hayden certainly did that, didn't he?
0: Yes, definitely. Well, there you go. That's the uh, captain and vice-captain for this season. I think they're pretty decent choices. Can't really argue too much with them. Um, let's move on to some staff changes. Um, new keeper coach. I say new. He was here for sort of the back end of last season, if you want to call it that. Um, Steve Collis. He was with a uh, beach at Rochdale, wasn't he? Um, Experienced keeper who's played at this level for years. Um... Retired a few years ago, I think now. Um, he's a big fellow. isn't he? When I've seen him on the on the touchline and in the few games he was at the club last season. Um, no real shock there. I think everyone expected that one to be confirmed, didn't
1: they? Yeah, I mean, he obviously when he, he came in, in, was it about January you came in, roughly? I think
0: he did, yeah. Craig White mysteriously disappeared off the scene and then uh, unceremoniously was a let go, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, and uh, obviously in that situation, you need someone quickly, you turn to people you know. Uh, the lad's obviously done enough in those several weeks he was here. And uh, we we know he's got one keeper to work with. Hopefully a second will be added, which yeah. we'll, we'll come on to later. Yeah. But no, uh, you know, Chris Beach obviously trusts Steve Collis. So yeah. let, let's see how he does.
0: Yep. And obviously the other appointment is in a physio role. Big shoes to fill, uh, or little shoes, as uh, some people keep reminding him on Twitter. Um, so Dolly's left, gone to Aberdeen. Um, and he's been replaced by uh, Ross Goodwin, uh, ex Annan, Queen of the South and Kilmarnock. Um, local lad, if you want to put it that way, just over the border in Scotland. Um, seems a solid enough appointment, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I heard a whisper uh, a couple of weeks before he was announced that he would be getting it. So I had a little look up on him and uh, he seems to have worked his way up the ranks. Obviously, did a bit at Annan, got a move to Queen of the South. And then got the uh, the Kilmarnock job. I think he's been at Kilmarnock for three years. Yeah. And uh, well, obviously when he announced he was moving, he seemed to get a heck of a lot of uh, good wishes from the the folks up there, including so, our,
0: our old hero Gary Dicker as well. One of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So I uh, know. Yeah, it looks like he's a uh, a good a good lad to have in, especially as we say, living fifteen minutes
0: up the road. Yep. And finally, we'll just cover before we get onto the new signing section. Let's talk about trialists. So, we played a uh, bounce game, is it? A pre-season friendly? It was at the training grounds. So it was a bit of a different one, wasn't it? Against Fleetwood um, earlier this week. And two trialists featured that game. Now, the club wanted to keep these names quiet. <laughs> Good old Fleetwood Town helped us out, though, and uh, reveal their names. Um, one familiar face in there, uh, Joe Fryer, who obviously was on loan a couple of years ago, um, did really well, actually, at the start of his loan spell. Uh, looked a really decent keep on loan from Middlesbrough unfortunately he suffered a horrific leg break in a game against Crewe and I don't think he's played a first team game since then has he but he's trying to earn a contract and get himself back in the game isn't
1: he yeah um, uh, we, I was discussing with uh, another Carlisle fan uh, yesterday when his name came out uh, he, as far as we're aware we think he's still under contract at Middlesbrough oh. we've never seen it be announced that he isn't so whether it would be a permanent move or a loan with a view to maybe a move next summer, we're not sure. But uh he's not played a game of football since that game against Crew when he got injured, so it's I was also looking, he's twenty five year old in November, so pardon the pun, it really is make or break time for someone like him, you know. I mean yeah. he's he's got to step out the shadows at Middlesbrough <laughs> and start establishing himself, so
0: but he, he did look good when he was in that little, brief loan spell. I mean, he kept Colin out the team. People forget that, obviously.
1: Yeah, when Colin was actually signed as the backup keeper, wasn't mm. he? And obviously, yeah. handy to step in when Fryer did have his bad break. But no, he's, uh, he, those sort of five or six games he did play, he looked a heck of a good keeper. And, you know, if he's, as long as he doesn't have any uh, problems with his leg or sort of the mental side of it, hopefully he signs and pushes on
0: yep I've got to briefly mention it for my game he, he conceded one goal he played the first half didn't he uh, and our other new signing um, played the second he only conceded one goal but it never should have been given quite frankly it was a ridiculous decision where Chedavans caught him I think about meeting his midriff didn't he with his studs up and
1: yeah yeah
0: but bizarrely none of our players appealed to it which is a bit of a strange yeah. the minute, but there you go the um, other trialist uh, Junior Mondal um, now we sort of knew he was on trial a few weeks ago <laughs> Because the most modern way a footballer could out himself is being on trial at a club, really, wasn't it, Don?
1: Yes. Uh, Apparently, uh, a friend of a friend of a friend was browsing a well-known dating app. Tinder. And his profile appeared. (laughs) Uh, A screenshot was taken, passed about between one or two people. (laughs) And it was worked out that he was in town (laughs) due to his location. So.
0: He's an interesting one, though, isn't he? Because he's um, he's an ex Middlesbrough youth. Um, I think he left them and he went to a non-league side in the North East. I can't remember who now. I should have written this down before. It's I
1: Whitby Town. Whitby, I think that's it was. the one I
0: knew. I knew. It was one of the smaller ones. He went to Whitby Town, but did quite well there and got a move to Forest Green Rovers, didn't he? Yes, uh, down in Gloucestershire. Um, never really nailed down a first-team place with them, though. But um, he's looking to move back north potentially could be an interesting signing though couldn't he maybe uh, I mean potentially not a uh, not too expensive backup for the uh, forward line yeah I mean it's,
1: I heard a couple of people saying oh he only scored five goals for Forest Green but when you actually look at his uh, record I think quite a lot of appearances were off the bench so you know some of these times he could only be coming on for five or ten minutes you know yeah and it, I reckon he would I'm just looking it up here at I think he played 39 league games, but 24 were from the bench. That tells you a lot then, doesn't it? Yeah, right? so that, that's probably equ- equivalent to about eight full appearances. So, I, I remember
0: know. the game when uh, Thomas got his hat-trick. I remember his name being mentioned in the commentary a fair bit. Now, I can't remember if it was negative or positive, but he was getting mentioned a fair bit. So it shows he's involved in the game at the very least. But um, an interesting one, and then they cost nothing to look, doesn't it? And I, I think the days of dozens of trialists turning up... Um, Well, not the days are over, but this summer, you're not going to see that, are you? Just because of the restrictions. No, no. the play comes, they're coming in and they're going to be in for a few weeks. and Yeah,
1: I I, I would think any trialist will be in for at least two or three weeks. And we've probably scouted him. And if he does well, it wouldn't be a surprise if he got an offer of at least a year, you know.
0: Yes, definitely. So there you two, try list. It'll uh, be interesting to see how they do. We've obviously got a friendly against into this weekend. The club are looking, apparently, into the possibility of streaming that, which would be great if they can. Um, B- I
1: know BBC Radio Cumbria uh, tweeted earlier. I think they're doing commentary from it. So if it isn't streamed, it's certainly on the radio.
0: Well, there you go. You can give it a listen at least. Obviously, remember that game is behind closed doors. Do not go down. We don't want to put any chance of the season starting in jeopardy. That's. That's something we've got to be very clear about with to the fans there. Um, keep your distance, basically. Because uh, the club, have, I think, have raised something this week about people turning up to the training ground. and It's obviously a controlled environment and we don't want to end up with players catching uh, coronavirus and then obviously games being postponed as we've seen the issues in Scotland this week.
1: Definitely not. Yes.
0: Okay, let's move on from uh, the general squad news and let's move on to the new signings. Finally, we had a, a very, very busy week, didn't we? We have new players coming into the club Dan um, and you've taken a look uh, into these players and made a few notes on them Um, so let's go through them let's start from goalkeeper to defender to midfield to forward uh, off you go yeah
1: first up we uh, we signed a goalkeeper hey. Ho- hopefully we'll get a second one as well yeah. but for now we have Magnus Norman uh, looks a massive lad from the photos a, a good six foot four or five Yeah. Uh, london Bourne and uh, was at Fulham from a very young age. I think he was picked up when he was nine or ten. Yeah. Uh, turned professional with them. He had three or four loan spells, mostly in non-league. I think he had a good spell at Southport. Southport, yeah. Southport. a good view of that, I think. Yeah. I think he possibly played when they had that cup run the other year when they were on the TV. Yeah,
0: I have a feeling him and Dan Hanford might have been together at the same time. Right, right. Rings the bell, and then he uh,
1: apparently had a loan spell at Rochdale in the early part of the eighteen nineteen season, which is where yeah that'll be the Chris Beach link. Now having had a quick Google of his time at Rochdale, some of their fans weren't complimentary, shall we say? But it was his first experience of league football, so you've got to give the lad the benefit of the doubt and. The fact that he's moved from London up to Carlisle to yeah. have a proper goal speaks volumes of a player who wants to prove himself for me.
0: Well, hopefully he'll do better than the uh, the last West London-based uh, goalkeeper that came up to us who didn't really have the most brilliant of time with us. Or Lenny Pidgeley, of course, that would be. Um, okay, next on defender. Um, chat with George Tanner. Yes. Well, I I actually heard about this move yeah, several we weeks it, before we? it
1: happened because I have uh, some contacts in the Manchester football scene and I I was told it was happening and it was done Uh, obviously we waited and waited it eventually came out now this lad seemingly when he had a loan spell from Man United to Morecambe last season was the best player at Morecambe for the first half of the season?
0: Yes, he had a good game against us. I remember it, in the league. Yeah,
1: games. and I'm 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 led to believe that uh, it was one of Chris Beach's first games in charge. It was actually, yeah. I remember and I remember. from what I understand, I think Beach sort of saw him in the the corridors afterwards and said, "You know, well played, lad. You 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 had a good game." And obviously, it's uh, it's stuck a little little thing in his head. And when we've it's went scary, for him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but uh, by all accounts, this this lad is, is a really good player. I mean, he went on loan to Salford for the second half of the season.
0: Got an injury there in the, the start. But he got an
1: injury, and when he recovered, obviously, football stopped. So you can write that off for the start. But by all accounts, he's a very, very good prospect, and it would be no surprise if he pushed on and made the club some money.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, well, it's interesting when you read uh, some of the comments. I think Beach was on saying, wasn't he, that he actually had offers from championship clubs. But obviously, if he was going there, he's going to be a squad player, but he wants to be playing football. And that, yeah, that's I, a I th- big positive.
1: I think I think that's been uh, the mantra with one or two of our signings. You know, come to us, you're going to play 30, 40 games. And if you do well and a move comes, we won't stand in your way. You know, I mean... It's refreshing to see young players would rather go out and play than possibly earn twice the money for sitting on the backsides, you know.
0: Well, they know how difficult it's going to be to get a club at the moment anyway with the whole coronavirus thing. So I think some players maybe are looking and thinking, you know, I need to get myself a club where I'm going to play games as much as anything. Yeah. Okay. uh, next up, another defender. Uh, This one is a number 13, which I know is uh, driving you a little bit mad. It's Rod McDonald.
1: Yeah, 13 is a goalkeeper's shirt number. I'm very traditional with a 1 to 25 personally Me too. Me too. but uh no he's picked 13 so it's obviously he's not he's not bothered by the connotations there yeah this 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 was one that uh flew flew sort of under the radar a little bit his his name certainly wasn't linked to us anywhere yeah. all the other names were, weren't were they and this is the yeah, only one yeah. that's missed out yeah and uh he's he's a proper experienced lad isn't he you know yeah started at stoke didn't really happen for him couple of loans he actually drifted in he went to oldham i think and then drifted mm. into non-league i think he was at colwyn bay nantwich hereford and telford and then uh northampton took the chance on him and uh he had a couple of years there then a year at coventry then went to wimbledon for a couple of years which is all good solid sort of league one football so yeah I know, right. I know. I know. He said when he signed, he wanted to get back up north. Uh, obviously, you can't get much more northern than us. But <laughs> yeah,
0: I was going to say that that's a bit of a, a bit of a check. I, I, I think I saw the club retweeted something where someone said uh, he's uh, he, he's shite at working his way around the uh, London Underground. Apparently, so <laughs> probably probably just as well he has moved up north. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is we had this feeling then with Webster not signing. There's a bit of a gap there in terms of experience at the back. He's more as experienced, maybe, as someone like a Webster or a Knight Percival, but he's got a bit more age on his side, hasn't he? Which does help, I think. And yeah. And he's and done it at League One level for the last few years. So. Yeah, and he's, he's played fairly
1: regularly, you know. He's uh, he's played a good amount of games for those league clubs. Uh, no, it's uh, it's fairly. Um, apparently, he's, he's, he's left sided by all accounts, yeah. which you told, it's always nice to have the balance of a, a left foot, right foot sort of defence. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, happy enough
0: with that one. Yep. Um, how long do you reckon it'll be there before he makes a mistake and uh, his name's slightly changed to Ron uh, instead of Rod. <laughs> no, I, won't, I won't give it long, I won't give it long. Um, yeah. Okay, next up, another defender, uh, Jack Armour. This is one that was, we knew about quite a while back through various sources, mainly the fact that he only follows three football clubs on Twitter. Uh, Preston, who he was at, Lancaster, he was on at; and us. <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> bit of, bit of a giveaway there that he was uh, possibly coming to us, but um, a young lad who a lot was thought of at Preston apparently, but the circumstances of coronavirus seem to have just worked against him. He's been a bit unlucky apparently. Their manager um, said that without coronavirus, he probably would have given him another year and kept him on, but they just can't afford to have a as big a squad now.
1: Yeah, um, he was a first year pro last season, and he went to Lancaster City yeah. on loan to get a bit of experience and. By all accounts did very well there yeah. and again as you say i think if COVID hadn't happened he would probably have got another year at preston he's a scottish under 19 i think it was international so he's yeah. he's obviously got something about him this lad and i would say it's more one for the future because obviously yeah. we've got we've got under two new players left back but
0: well, no, he can he's... play further forward, can't he? That's what Beach seems to be suggesting. He might even use him a little bit further up the pitch or even at centre-back where he's playing. Yeah, before.
1: he, he looked look quite a tall lad again from his pictures. So you mm. wonder if he's one who could maybe cover two or three positions and hopefully he pushes on and cements his place in our squad.
0: Not 100% what squad number he's taken, are we? Because he, he, we haven't seen any training game with his number on don't think and he didn't feature in the game at Fleetwood so we didn't get to see yeah him.
1: I know his Twitter bio he was 18 was his, his number but I think Josh Dixon is yes. probably keeping 18 I so. imagine
0: he would be yeah um, so yeah that's Jack Armour probably one who won't feature as much to start but maybe we'll get a few games uh, during the season we hope um, okay next up Joe Riley now this is an interesting one isn't it because he people might remember his name obviously from that uh Manchester United debut for Marcus Rashford, because he played in the same game, didn't he? Correct, yes.
1: And uh, a lot was thought of Joe Riley. and He first was initially a midfielder, and then he sort of, I think he covered left back and ended up playing there a bit. And he can also play a right back. So he's your classic sort of utility player in that he can cover both full backs, and a couple of places in the midfield. And he, you mentioned he played in that uh, 5-1 win for Man United, the same game Rashford did, it's, obviously. was Michelin, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, Rashford's obviously pushed on to the, the stratosphere since. But uh, no, the, the one thing with Riley is he went to Sheffield United, only played a couple of games, and then he signed for Bradford, and he didn't really play much. And I think he did his ACL, uh, he's had
0: two bad injuries, hasn't he? I think he had a yeah. toe injury or something like that, or something quite bad. I think one of them was just a freak accident in training, wasn't it? They yeah, been, he's been very unlucky in that sense.
1: Yeah, but I, I noticed on—I think it was his Instagram—he mentioned uh, twelve months on from doing his ACL. So, yeah. I, th- I think he's one of those. If if he'd stayed fit, he would probably still be <laughs> at Bradford and doing quite well. But uh, he's, he's come here and he's—he he's, obviously looks fit again. I know he played in that Fleetwood game. Yeah. And he, want, he wants to push on and make his career. So
0: I think he's one who potentially could be a really good player for us if he if he can keep himself fit. That's that's the key going to be the key with him, I think. Uh, and he's taken squad number seven, hasn't
1: he? Yeah, which uh, happy enough if he plays midfield, but yeah. you can't you can't have a full-back playing seven. <laughs> come
0: on! No. I'm, I'm annoyed enough that uh, Seve score against um, Wolves last night was wearing number five. Just, just come on just unbelievable. I mean, it's bad enough Wednesday down, One. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay, up next. Uh, and so I said Joe Rally sort of defender midfielder. We're not sure. You're going to play evil, we think. Uh, you're going to be able to play a few positions. Next up is another midfielder, though. It's Daniel Devine. Another one that we heard about uh, a while back, isn't it, Danny?
1: Yeah, this is one that was uh, rumored for a, f- a couple of weeks before it was announced. Is uh, a Bradford lad, came through the ranks at Bradford. He spent four seasons there, but he's he's just not played enough games. You know, I think he's maybe played was it fifty games for them. Yeah. Um. I, I actually spoke to a friend who's a Bradford fan, and he said he's he's not a bad player. Just he seemed to always be the fall guy with him being the yeah. local lad, which I can sort of understand a little bit, you know. But no, he's another who's he's made the move. He's uh, obviously a fresh start and one and nobody wants to push on so.
0: I think he's gone number four, hasn't he? Which suggests he's a holding yes. midfielder. Yes, the impression we get. So, he's, he's, he's it's a bit more depth, isn't it, in the midfield? There, And we're actually fairly well covered centre midfield, aren't we? Obviously, we've likes so a Callum Guy there, Taylor Charters, Josh Dixon as well, John Mellish, obviously playing there. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: it still wouldn't be a surprise if we brought another midfielder in, or just to well, uh, well let boost well, let's, the numbers.
0: Let, let's discuss that one in a minute because I think there's a there's a rumor that won't go away, isn't there? Um, next up um, forwards so we'll start off uh, with the in uh, fact let's let's start with the one who's been here before uh, JJ Coyote or Josh Joshua Coyote has returned on loan from Rotherham um, one I think we all expected was going to happen Beach has hinted it all summer um, and one we're really pleased to see back in yeah I mean
1: uh, I remember we actually extended his loan if the season was going to restart
0: and that afternoon it was cancelled <laughs>
1: and then that very afternoon it was cancelled so you know I think it was plainly obvious from then. Uh, obviously, with Rotherham going up as well to the Championship, I wouldn't say he's a Championship level striker yet. No. So coming back on loan to us is uh, a, a move for all parties. You know, he gets his games. Hopefully, gets us goals.
0: Yeah.
1: And Rotherham get their player developing.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, he, he, he seems really hungry and keen. Doesn't he to come back and, and impress and. That, that, that's a good sign, really. It shows that we've got a good set up at the moment, and players who are coming on loan are happy to come back.
1: Yeah, it, it points to the fact that he obviously enjoyed his couple of months with us. You know, I know he scored, was it three goals? Yeah. And he, he seemed to enjoy scoring his goals. You know, he had a couple of uh, happy
0: celebrations. So. Well, the one against Mansfield, yeah, he went nuts, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. He was, uh, he was loving that. Because, I mean, when I first saw him, um, I wasn't that impressed. I think it was the olden game he came in as a sub and I thought he struggled a bit. But actually, to be fair, anyway, as the games went by, you could see his confidence picked up and, and he was causing teams' problems. And he had a good link-up with Patrick as well, so it'd be good to see them uh, have another go, maybe. Yeah, um, definitely. So I think we think he's number 14, don't we? We yeah. He was 23 last season, which was Branford's number originally. Yeah. Um, so we think he's gone for number 14. Just to name a couple of famous strikers he wore 14 for us. Uh, Joe Garner and Lee Miller. Before 14 in their first seasons with us. So, you know, you can follow in their footsteps and so we'll be pretty happy, won't we? Next up, another attacker. Now, this is one name that's been mentioned linked with the club for a few years now, hasn't he, really? Uh, Gavin Riley, uh, another a local lad who actually started off in our academy, didn't he?
1: Yes, I, I didn't actually realise he'd been at our academy yeah. as a youngster. Uh, but he, he didn't make the grade with us and he went to queen of the south where he really made his name he yeah. had uh he had about five years at queens and he scored a good number of goals and queens had a really good team five five years ago and there was a three of them sort of got good moves out of it and i i remember saying on the forum at the time that gavin riley was a player we really should go for as it was he went up to heart didn't really happen for him at Hearts uh, no. he played alright but Hearts was a bit of a crazy club at the time so was, are not they <laughs> yeah there, there was a, a, a fair bit going on and he, he spent his second season on loan at Dunfermline, where he linked up with uh, oh what was his name Alan Johnson who had been manager yes. at Queen's and when after Hearts he went to St Mirren and he had he had a good season at St Mirren double figures in goals and then he went down to Bristol Rovers 2018 again. I think in 2018 I sort of said that he'd be, he would be would be a good signing for us. Mm. Uh, didn't do too well at Bristol Rovers, but quite a few of his appearances again came off the bench. So, yeah. And I know when he went to Cheltenham on loan last season, he certainly looked a good player against us.
0: Yeah, and... well they wanted to keep him, didn't they, for the whole season, but I think... Bristol Rovers changed manager, and the new manager came and wanted to have a look at him at the very least. Yeah, so he went back to them, and because I think we wanted to sign him in January, but because he played for Bristol Rovers, he'd play for two clubs, so wasn't yeah, that that, that
1: was that was mentioned, wasn't it? in I think was it his interview with John Coleman? Did I read that that he yes. uh, he'd sort of said we had been interested. Obviously, he's he lives in Gretna for those that don't know. So. Yeah playing for Carlisle is a perfect move for him 10 minutes up the road
0: exactly well well, both me and you have watched that uh, Queen of the South um, YouTube clip haven't we with all of his goals when he scored for Queens yeah and he scores all kinds of goals he's he's left foot right foot headers sneaking in he's got a bit of pace if he can rediscover that form and a bit of confidence I think being settled I think one thing he mentioned was I mean you don't think about these things sometimes but he didn't have any sort of childcare down in, in in Bristol when he's down there with his missus and his, his kid. So being back home, he's got two sets of grandparents to look after the kid as well. So that might make him feel a bit more comfortable. Hopefully he'll get him performing to the same level again. And I genuinely think of all the signs we've made, this is one that could really prove to be a, a quite inspired one, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, like you say, all those reasons. Back at home, you know, he's he's only travelling 10, 15 minutes for training. You know, he's, he'll be settled and hopefully he really pushes on and
0: uh, scores a few goals for us. Definitely. Um. So overall, um, just looking at the, the business we've done, Dan, fairly happy so far. Maybe just missing a little bit of a spark in there, uh, a creative spark, would you say? Well,
1: I know who you're going to move <laughs> on to here. Uh, the one rumour that doesn't go away at the moment, no. a certain Jamie Devitt.
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting because... It did go away. There were suggestions that everyone that There was some weird Twitter rumours. Oh, he's training with Brad Bolton. He's signing for them next week. But, I mean, Bolton signed that uh, Sasevich, didn't they? He was at, um, at Plymouth. And they signed a few other players in those sort of positions. I'm not sure they're desperate for midfielders, really. And suddenly the rumours reappeared. And if what I'm hearing from my sources, we've got a very good chance of getting him. It's, it's mainly dependent on... What happens with him at Blackpool? I think he's clearly Blackpool want to get rid. It's so whether he goes out on loan and someone pays a chunk of his wages, or they pay him up and he he comes to us. There's there's some discussion about that by all accounts, but there's a good chance he could be in the back with us.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, if if it did go through, the fan base would be extremely happy. Yeah. Uh, you only have to see the number of folk who mention his name <laughs> on 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 the likes of Twitter. I'm I'm not normally one for going back for players, but I think with Devitt you could possibly make the exception because we know what he can do in <laughs> League Two, you know.
0: I mean, it's just, as much as anything, he brings you good quality set pieces straight away, doesn't he? As well. Yeah, that that, yeah. that makes a massive difference. He's a creative player. He'll get goals from midfield, and you he can help bring through your likes of your Charters and your and your Dixons, and the young lads can learn from him, can't they? And it. it you look back at his career, the only two places he's ever really been properly settled are us and aren't they? Yeah. So you'd yeah. imagine he possibly might be the move he wants to make.
1: Yeah. We'll see what happens in the next couple yeah. of weeks.
0: But just looking at that squad generally, any any other positions you think we still need to fill?
1: Uh, as mentioned earlier, a second goalkeeper. Obviously, yeah. Joe Fryer's is the clear sort of favourite there. We haven't really got any wide players, have we?
0: No. Well, so, Nathan yeah. Thomas is still available, but I've seen him linked with Forest Green. And I'm, the usual EFL Twitter rumours, 32571 accounts, are suggesting he's about to sign for Forest Green. But that makes zero sense to me, considering he cancelled his loan at Gillingham last season because he was homesick, because it was too far. Yeah. Why would he then move to Forest Green? I'm, I'm not convinced. O- the only
1: why. reason I could see that happening was they offered him seriously good money, which Forest Green can. Yes, true. You know, they, they, they've got certainly a little bit of money, but. Uh, it, wouldn't it be a bit of a surprise if that one happened, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think I agree I think a, a wide play is definitely something that we, we, we could do with adding. I, I think obviously Patrick can play out wide and Alessandra can fill in there when needed and I think we've we've heard suggestions he's probably not ready for the first team yet, that Charlie Birchie's been looked as a wide player rather than left back now, which might explain why Armour was brought in too. So it uh yeah, I, I think I'd agree. I think you, you might see a couple of loan signings coming in, in the next few weeks, I think, once the fixtures are out squads start to settle down. They know when games are happening. So Yeah, I think
1: we're at 22 players in the squad at the moment. A yeah. keeper would be 23. So I would say maybe one or two more and that will pretty much be it, I would think. Yeah,
0: you've, you've got to also take into account as well the fact that there's what four or five young lads there that probably not going to feature that much. But... Yeah,
1: see, well, six, six of them are first-year pros, yeah. including charters. So. Yeah.
0: But obviously, yeah. obviously, the other thing you've got to consider there is one of them's got to be on the bench because that's yeah, the rules. Yeah, so yeah. be interesting to see who that is.
1: I, I, I think we'll also see a couple of those <laughs> maybe go out to uh, Workington or maybe Annan on loan to get a bit of football into yeah, them.
0: Yeah, the one obviously issue with Annan is the fact that we'd have to be international. Half season, yeah, so yeah, that would limit their chances for us yeah. so if they go to Workington at least and come back like Charters did. Yes. Um, okay, I think we've covered um, the squad side of things, haven't we? done i think that was a fairly comprehensive chat about that so uh let's move on to the uh next section in uh the next part and we're going to look at season tickets because we finally got details on season tickets
1: yeah i mean obviously we're got we're going to record another episode uh roughly next week when we yes. expect the fixtures to come out and we'll probably cover this sort of stuff in a lot more detail but yeah surrounding that but we i was on a zoom call as part of the cavalry United supporters group for so the message board last yeah. week and uh, nigel clibbins gave us the information which was then uh put out to the fan base towards the end of last week and there was quite a few sort of key points you know basically social distancing is massively going to change how we watch yes. games yeah. no ifs and buts you know Standing in a group of ten at the back of the Warwick Road end will simply not be happening, no. you know. Uh the uh, I'll go through a few of the few sort of key points. Yeah. Basically, season tickets will be the best way to guarantee your ticket. Yes. Uh they're doing a week's worth just over a week's worth of renewal time for current season ticket holders, mm-hmm. and then uh potential new season ticket holders will have a week. And by all accounts, you are only registering your intent to buy one. No money will take exchange sort of thing until... The 24th of
0: August, wasn't it, I think, was the date the earliest I think they said would happen.
1: I think until they have a definitive fixture list and number of games that people will be able to go to watch, only then will they sort of set about for the payments.
0: Come chasing you for money. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But no, uh, when it comes obviously seating, uh, my understanding is they'll basically use a row, miss a row, use a row, miss a row. Yeah. And there will be two seat gaps between people or bubbles. So obviously, if you and your dad and your brother and your cousin go, you will be classed as one bubble. Yeah, But you would sit four together, then there will be two seats empty, then another one or two. So, you know, it'll be very, very spaced out. A lot of people will not be able to sit in their seat. Yeah. But for, for one season, I think it's a sacrifice we can all make just to be able to see some yeah, football. Yeah, definitely. And,
0: and, and we're in advantage, aren't we, Carlisle? We've got such a big ground. We can we can accommodate a lot more than other clubs are going to be able to accommodate. You feel a yeah. bit like Barrow and Harrogate because they, they might be struggling to get 400, 500 fans into games to their grounds
1: yeah certainly and i know uh when it comes to terracing that actually putting the warwick road end into i think it's 16 sections yes it's the same in the paddock yeah. the paddock has about 18 but when you actually look at those sections empty where the walkways are and the crash barriers they actually sort of section themselves off pretty well yeah anyway and most people have their own sort of area they like it's just they won't be able to stand so close to everybody.
0: I'll tell you what. If I don't get my space in paddock ten, I'm going to be fuming. <laughs>
1: paddock eighteen for you, lad.
0: Me, 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 and uh, me and um, Greg Bowman are uh, very determined to make sure we get paddock ten. Yeah, uh, for the season.
1: And regarding actual entry, it's going to be uh, face coverings will be pretty much needed. Obviously, medical exemptions will be yeah. exempt. Uh, there'll be there's a fan code of conduct which is worth looking up on the official site regarding it. We'll also post the relevant links when we launch this pod yeah. in the next couple of days. But there'll, be, there'll also be sort of one-way systems to the ground. So, if you're in North Paddock, for example, you'll have to come over Stonyholm. If you're yeah. in South Paddock, you will come through the car park. If you're East End, you'll only be able to come from Warwick Road. But we'll, we'll go through this in a lot more detail once the... uh the fixtures are out, and there's uh, a bit more information out yeah, there.
0: Yeah, the key thing is we, we're all going to have to do a little bit of sacrificing in terms of the way we enjoy going to games. But the important thing is we're going to be able to go to games. That, that's the key thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, we're, like I said, we are lucky. We should, we should all be quite grateful, Carl, that we're lucky. You know, we have such a big ground. <laughs> we've about it a lot of the time, but yeah. we've got a big ground, which I mean, means I'm, people I'm, probably won't miss out.
1: As we said last time, there was a rumour of 33% capacity, which for us is just shy of 6,000, which... It's comfortable for us. Given we've been getting 4,500 roughly, it's perfect yeah. for us.
0: But. And our understanding also is about the waterworks as well, because a few people have been asking about that, is that it's not going to be used to start with, but I'd imagine that might be... you pot- If they do any sort of general sales, they probably would be in there. Yeah, I, I, think,
1: guess, so. I think if... Uh, if demand starts to outstrip supply, they will certainly look at opening the waterworks.
0: It's not clear as well about away fans, and that's another thing that's not 100% certain at the moment, whether away fans will be allowed to go to games, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, I'm just praying that Bolton and Harrogate are after Christmas for us, because mm-hmm. I'd be few if we don't get those two. Barrow, I'm not too fussed about, because I've been, so I can tick that one off. But, um, but yeah, so yeah, I think you've, covered it fairly comprehensively there Dan actually I think the best advice you've got to fans is go and look on the official website, the details are there, it's really well thought action. I think, you know, the club get criticised for a lot of stuff they do and quite fairly at times, but I think they deserve credit I think they've handled this really well and they've been very clear as to what Yeah, there's Yeah, there's,
1: there's been a steady stream of information and basically as soon as the club know the fans know, so we, we've done we've done quite well with it
0: Okay, and well, uh, I think that covers the uh, season ticket side of things. Um, I'm hoping I'll get this out on Thursday morning. So you might be reading this and you might have already renewed your season ticket. And if you have, well done. Um, I'm going to be on the phone at 10am, probably stuck on in gate, uh, hold for a while. Um, the only little bit of news we've got, uh, Kyle United, right, at least specifically, is the new kits are out. Um, we won't go too much detail on this though, Dan we? because we're going to do a special episode on the history of Kyle United kits. Um... And we'll we'll probably discuss a little bit about the current kit then, but fairly happy with it. I know I'm, I can't get used to the, the navy stripe, and you're feeling is It's not a Carlisle United kit, isn't it?
1: I find the home kit. There's two shades of blue, and neither a Carlisle United blue for me. <laughs> My version of Carlisle United blue is somewhere between the two. I've seen quite a few fans say it looks like a training top, which don't get me wrong, it's a smart kit, but for me, it's not Carlisle blue.
0: No. What? what go on. which Cal United kit from like the last 25 years would you say a couple of examples of what you would say a United blue
1: my version of Carlisle United blue is a little bit earlier it's the Umbra made McEwan's younger sponsored okay. kits of the sort of early to mid 80s that's that's a Carlisle United blue for
0: me so maybe the most recent one would be the Red Fox kit from like the Jimmy Glass game era yeah that's yeah. all colour maybe that's not yeah. dark blue okay okay I'll give you that one yep that's uh that's fair enough it's one of those wonders, isn't it we we, we shades of blue we have changed so much down the years so yeah yeah both me and you um are going to be pushing for a, a special kit next season aren't we yeah we've more, got...
1: more news on that when we do the yes. special
0: yeah well we, we, we're going to be starting the campaign now to yeah to celebrate a bit of our history that people don't really talk about that much so yes um so yeah that's that could be covered um OK, we'll take a little break now and uh, we'll move on next to EFL updates, a little brief coverage of that bit and a bit of an ex-Car United player news. Yeah! Come on! OK, we're back. Uh, let's get on with the next part then, Dan. Uh, EFL updates. So since we last recorded, we were also discussing who we wanted to come up from the uh, National League and everyone should be pleased because the majority have got what they wanted. Harrogate Town are a football league club. Congratulations to the... Oh, I don't know what their nickname is. I should have looked that up before, shouldn't I? Uh, the tea, lad, tea Lads, maybe. Something like that. I don't know. They're like tea rooms there, don't they? The something Harrogate like
1: Town nickname, off the top of my head... I can't
0: think of one, no. Do they have one? I'm going to Google it. You, you talk about how great it is to have them in the league. I've, I've, just,
1: I've just had a look. Apparently, it's either the highly unoriginal town <laughs> or the Sulphurites. The Sulphurites? Yeah, that's a, that's a nice one, isn't it? That, that's a belting one. Why, why have they got that one, I wonder? I don't know. Oh,
0: due to the famous Sulphur Springs, of course, the spa. Ah, that there makes, we go. Sense. that yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. Did they form from Harrogate Railway? Or did Harrogate Railway still exist? Uh, Harrogate, show, Harrogate Railway
1: still exists. Oh, well, there you go. Yes.
0: Because they were above them, weren't they, for a while, I think? Yes. Like that, a while back.
1: But they've, uh, they've slipped down.
0: They've slipped yeah. down. I think they're in northern counties, possibly. Oh, there you go. That's, that's a low enough level, isn't it? But yeah, so well done to Harrogate Town. Particularly, big well done to Paul Furwell and Mark Beck, obviously ex United players who are both uh, part of the. Um, Squad in a sense um Harrogate. Also Mark Beck's one of their strikers alongside John Stead. And um Paul Furwell, I think is the system manager there, isn't he? Yeah. So, and great news for them.
1: Yeah, um obviously the first time up, uh new new venue, Northern. And um those, those who watched the final, the I thought they played North, North uh, County County on the very, pitch.
0: I was very impressed with them. County are a decent side, they've put together a good squad in Notts County kind of now. So yeah. yeah.
1: One one of the key things though we've had a is they have a four G pitch, yes, and obviously they've started work already on that, and they've announced that they're going to play at Doncaster Rovers. Was it just
0: because we suggested York would have been the obvious place? Yeah, but the I rumors think, are they won't let them.
1: <laughs> I wonder if it's to do because York are due to go to their new stadium and True. maybe didn't want to share a new stadium so soon. But yeah. you would have thought maybe Halifax or Huddersfield are a bit nearer, but.
0: Doncaster, but, it is. But I think they did play there when they had the pitch, the 4G pitch installed right. a few years ago. I'm sure that they played at Doncaster sense. as well. Yeah. So there's clearly a good link there. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a bit of a disadvantage for them though, isn't it? Because that was a big advantage for them in the conference and they train there as well because it would have been a 4G pitch. Yeah, so they've yeah. got to find a training ground as well, I presume, and, and obviously they've got the pitch. And they make money from it too.
1: I was just about to say, it's probably a, a good money spinner for them. You know, obviously local other teams, local teams can...
0: Can play uh, their training and yep. games on it. Yep. Well, that's our third closest away day next season. Obviously, Morecambe is actually the nearest in terms of time it takes to get there, but Barrows is obviously the nearest in terms of distance. Um, but I think it'll probably take probably as long to get to Barrow as it will to Harrogate, yeah. based on uh, the way the roads are down in South Cumbria. We'll all meet
1: uh, up at Bettys.
0: <laughs> yes, let, let's go Bettys for tea, even if we're not playing nice. Let's, let's have a sneaky little trip to the team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well done, Harrogate. So They've completed uh, League 2 this season, the the lineup, And then, obviously, it changed the other day. Because we thought we were going to have a nice Northern League. Obviously, still is quite a Northern League. But Macclesfield are now being relegated. Um, this has been a debacle that's carried on from the end of the season. Obviously, the issues in terms of points per game and having to solve the season. Not easy for the EFL. But then there was the issue of Macclesfield's points deduction. The original panel decided just two points. But the EFL themselves weren't happy with that appealed it and won the appeal and those extra four points have relegated them, haven't they?
1: Yeah, Stevenage should be very, very, very much counting their chickens because they were atrocious last season. Appalling, weren't they? Fully deserved to go down. And how many points ahead were Macclesfield without the deductions? The Stupid 10, amount of points. 10 or 12 yeah. or at least, you know. And as it is, the, the extra four got added on and it meant they got relegated by something, point, something, you know, with uh, the PPG rule. But uh, I personally think they just want rid of Macclesfield to avoid another Berry situation.
0: Yes, because, because that... they're heading that way, aren't they? Well, they've only got two players, I think, and the, the management team turned down their new contracts yeah, today.
1: The, the management team uh, turned the contracts down. The owners put them up for sale officially and doesn't want anything to do with them. Uh, they did take on a new sort of uh, business person the other day, but uh, yeah. quite what they'll be they'll be selling, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, it's it's quite a shame really because it's a, it's a proper good little community club, isn't it? And they've they've done well in the league in the past, but not to be really for them, really a, a shame. But like you said, Stephen is very lucky. But I didn't en- I did enjoy their shit housing on um on Twitter. <laughs> it? Yeah,
1: when yeah. I think they put a tweet up just with a picture of the manager on the pitch saying. The EFL season will begin on the twelfth of September, literally an hour or so after the, yeah. uh, the EFL announcement.
0: They really should have had a GIF of someone just wiping sweat off their head, really, shouldn't they? Really, that, yeah, that would have yeah. been much more appropriate, and I think people would have seen the funny side of that. But, but yeah, so there you go, EFL sorted for next season, while well, the the League Two sorted. Um, there's probably still rumblings going on, I think, about the well, championship.
1: I, I know, and I did notice that the it said that the decision is final and yes, it can't be appealed. But I've no doubt that Macclesfield will be consulting their legal
0: books. Well, by all accounts, um, the fixtures are out next Friday, is the room we're hearing because the EFL EG, AGM is on Thursday, isn't it? I believe so. I think at that point, it's just like. Michael just go away I think is just yeah, saying it. yeah, yeah. it's going to be pretty difficult I think for them to appeal it and looking at their what they post they said in their statement they didn't sound 100% convinced that they had really much of a leg to stand no, on did they no. So, so there you go we know we're going to be playing next season and next week we'll know when we're going to be playing those games and we'll be discussing them next week Um so let's just move on to a few ex-Cal United updates um, quite a bit has happened actually since, since we last did it. I've probably missed some bits off this apologies I've had but um, but just that much has happened in the last month. So let's get started with this. some good news to start with. Some of it we're, we're, we're really pleased to see, uh, not just because of the money it's going to make the club, but Jared Brantwaite making his debut for Everton. Fantastic. Really, really good to see a young lad who's got his head screwed on doing so well at the club, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and uh, the the plaudits. I mean, obviously Everton had a terrible end to the season results-wise and having had a good look on their forums... Basically, Jared Brandford was the only sort of positive they could take out of it, and uh, I think it was Jamie Carragher came out and sort of said, "You know, this lad looks a business,"
0: and high praise indeed. After only a couple of appearances, he only turned eighteen, not long before he actually made his debut, didn't he? Yeah, it's insane, really. That you think, and and he he looked comfortable alongside Michael Keane in defence, didn't he? And the first things first, he's made us a bit of money. Um, and I think that's put us in a position, by all accounts, where we're able to comfortably put a squad together. Whereas other clubs are going to probably struggle this summer to put yeah, the squad yeah. together they want. So we might be in a better position to do well in the division. But we obviously know as well, there's more money to come because there's plenty of add-ons in that deal, from by all accounts. And yeah, you know what? If he has, he's probably not going to feature Feverton at the start of next season. You imagine, unless they can get can't get another defender, and he might then find himself as the third or fourth choice centre back. Um. But you would imagine yeah.
1: he would certainly play in uh, League Cup Games. maybe.
0: maybe. Uh, he might get himself a low move to a championship club as well. Yeah, yeah, he's done yeah well mean, and...
1: you know, he, he, even sort of like a, a, a Wigan in League One or somewhere, you know, close yeah. by would be would be ideal for him for at least half a season, if not the full season. But, yeah. And but
0: I think, I'm going to put a bold prediction out there, that lad is going to make us a lot of money.
1: And I thought think. you were going to say he's going to go with England to Euro 2021 next summer.
0: Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my powder dry on that one to see how he starts the season. Might, you
1: know, might, might get a never price know if, on that.
0: <laughs> you, know, hey, you, never, uh, you never know, you know. If he, if yeah. ends, if he has a flying start to the season, yeah, could well, well happen. Very unlikely. I think I think he could end up in that England under 21 squad in the near future. though. Because yeah. we know Paul Simpson was watching him for the under 19. Yeah, so yeah. you'd imagine he's going to get called up for one of those at some point. So. Yeah. But it's all good news. Good news for the lad. Good news for us. And best of luck to him. Exactly, exactly that. Um, Okay, uh, let's look at uh, some players who were last season, where they've moved on to. So first up, Elliot Watt has joined Bradford. Surprisingly, he's joined them permanently.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, again, possibly similar to Armour leaving Preston. I wonder if Wolves have just sort of looked at all their young options and went, well, they're not going to play for our first team immediately. Should we let a couple of them move on? Uh, obviously, we'd all have loved to uh, see him come back. His set pieces, especially, you know, he was uh, really impressive. Yeah, but I would imagine Bradford would probably have been able to outbid us if we did go in. I, I've never heard any rumour that we did go in for him, but you would yeah. you would certainly think we've possibly inquired if it, if we knew he was available.
0: Yeah, but I I just I just think you've got to be realistic sometimes and put your hands up and say, Bradford are a bigger club than us. That's, that's just a simple yeah. fact of it. And he's a Preston lad. It's not too far across the uh, the Pennines to get to uh, Bradford from there. Not not the best roads, absolutely. No, no. But, but it, it's probably just a better move for him. And Good luck to that. I think, I think he'll do well. And I think the result of that is we've managed to get Danny Devine. So hopefully, uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be a, a good move for all parties. Yeah. Um, number two, two of the older heads that were with us last season, were let go. Um, Adam Collin has signed for Kettering. A little bit of a surprise He dropped this low, but it, it's probably a better move for him personally because if we do know he lives down in the middle of doesn't he?
1: Yeah, uh, he lives just outside Mansfield by all accounts. Uh, I know Kettering's maybe an hour down from Mansfield, but it certainly beats two and a half, three hours up to Carlisle. Yeah. I would imagine he's probably going to be their highest paid player, you know, coming from yeah. League Two. And he has uh he has his, a goalkeeping academy in the yes, Mansfield does, area, yeah. so he's probably able to push on a little bit with this with uh he'll be sort of <coughs> semi semi full time. Not part time, but yeah. semi full time if you know what I mean. Yeah. But no, um hell of a good
0: signing for them though, isn't it, when you think about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh you know, he's at that age now where he's wanting to look at his other interests, so uh, probably a move that suits him.
0: Yep. Uh the other one, Mike Jones, has joined Barrow. Um, little little bit of a surprise. This we thought he might join a Manchester-based club, but then obviously, you got to remember that Barrow actually train in Manchester, don't they? So yeah, I think Barrow, Barrow train on is Rochdale, it, some, isn't it? So,
1: somewhere yeah. in the Rochdale Oldham yeah. sort of area. So this is this is the perfect move for Mike Jones. You know, I mean, they'll only be, the players will probably only go up to Barrow on the Friday before a home game. Uh, David Dunn has an experienced lad who knows the division, and mm. uh, he's someone who can bring on their younger players. Uh, I'd, a good
0: I'd, move for him. I have to say, I've been keeping an eye on some of the League Two transfers, and actually, Barrow have signed pretty smartly in the summer. When you look at some of the players they brought in, I think Callum Gribbin, who uh, was at Sheffield United, used to be at Man United. He he was one who a lot was thought of not long back, wasn't there? So it's a bit yeah, but
1: one uh, mm, he's one of those who you know, similar to Joe Riley for us, if he. If he sort of grasps his chance and pushes on, you know, mm. he could have a good career.
0: Yep. Uh, okay, so that's the the ones who were his last season and have moved on. Um, someone who left us five years ago. Now, God. It's- doesn't seem that long, does it? But, uh, but he's left his club. Is uh, Kyle Dempsey. Um, now I'm not suggesting he's coming back to us. Let's 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 get realistic here. Um, I'm not in cloud Cook land I'd just love yet. To see it. <laughs> oh, you 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 would love to see it, wouldn't? Yeah. You? That's one of yeah ones. But but, uh, but I think Hull and Sunderland might be just ahead of us in the. And I guess.
1: think Barnsley are possibly looking as well. So I believe
0: it's an interesting one, though, isn't it? Because he was being linked with 300 grand moves in. January wasn't he? I think Peterborough came keen to bring him permanently and
1: The The rumour was he was offered a three year deal in January, yeah. and then they've got to the end of the season and he's they're happy to let him go, which smacks of Joy Barton management, you know. But yeah,
0: well, by all accounts, they had a bit of a fallout in the past, hence why he went to Peterborough online. Yeah, at one yeah. Point. but actually, Fleet would have signed Callum Camps, who I would have loved to have seen signed for us. Yeah, um, but never I, realistic. But
1: I did notice quite a few Fleetwood fans seemed a bit disappointed he'd uh, been let go because, yeah. by all accounts, he played quite well last season. But yeah, no, I, I would
0: think he'll certainly end up
1: top end of League One, maybe even championships. So.
0: But, but if he doesn't, you know, there's he's. And I know he's back in Maryport right now, back with his family. So, <laughs> you know, if he wants somewhere to train, I'm sure we can arrange Evans coronavirus yeah, test. For yeah. him. Yep. Yeah. Okay, and uh, let's look at uh, two players who um, potentially are potentially going to make us some money. Um, Salon clauses. So, we'll start with Sam Cosgrove first, because that one might not make us money at the moment. Because, uh, firstly, he's picked up an injury, which isn't as bad as first four. But he's turned down a move to France. And uh, he's been a bit of a naughty boy, hasn't he? Well, he he turned down his move to France.
1: Uh, it seemed very rushed. Apparently, there was some sort of uh, transfer window closing in France, yeah, which I didn't quite understand. considering the season hasn't really started, but for whatever reason, uh, I think two and a half million roughly were from Guignon, uh, mm. one of Stefan's old no, yes. it was the other, no, it was the other Guignon, was it? I can't remember, I think
0: mean, it was them, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, 100%. yes,
1: it, now I think about it, it was yeah, but uh, obviously, it was t- too quick to sort of move for him, and uh. A week later, he gets an injury and could be out for anything up to four months. Which obviously rules out, you would think, a move in this window. Yeah, he was one of the the now infamous Aberdeen Eight, who uh, seemingly eight players from Aberdeen went to a nightclub or pub in the town, which is now the centre of a (laughs) COVID-19 spike. And... uh, all Aberdeen games are postponed, and there's there's all sorts of uproar up the road. Nicola Sturgeon wasn't happy, and no. Scottish football's on its last chance, basically. As a mm. com, That combined with the uh, Celtic player who went to Spain and didn't
0: tell anyone. <laughs> it's just a mad one, isn't as, it? One? As you do. Yeah, Just uh, I'm just going on a little trip to Spain, you know, don't worry, I won't, I won't tell you about it until after the game. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's one of those ones where we were kind of hopeful we might make a, you know, a little bit of money, but you'd imagine, even with the injury, there might be a couple of championship clubs who panic and think, oh, what could do with a striker in? and throw a bit of money at him, even with his if, he's not, if, he,
1: if he is out till, say, October and comes back and starts scoring again, January, I yeah. think January you could definitely, because... They're going to sell him out, though. They're going to have to. Ab- Aberdeen are losing money and they need to sell, and he's one of their two main saleable assets. So.
0: Yeah. OK, and let's quickly move on to the, the last one, the last point for this episode. Uh, Dean Henderson. Now, this is the one that potentially is going to make us a lot of wonga. I think it's fair to say.
1: Yeah, but he's going to make us money one of two ways, isn't he? Yeah. If he? If he becomes Man United number one, we make good money. And if he plays for England, we make good money. But apparently we have a sell-on. And there is talk of the likes of Chelsea and 50, 55 million pound transfers. Yeah. Uh, 55 million, if we have 20, 25% of, you're talking 12, 13, 14 million, which is ridiculous money.
0: My, my understanding is we have at least 10%. I'm yeah. Not 100 percent if you have any more more than that. Or I wider, I heard but...
1: 20. So either or, you know, oh, yeah. one thing I would add is I'd be very surprised if we got it in a complete one lump. But... I know I know that salons are usually dealt with first, mm-hmm. but it, it a lot would come down to the how it was Structured. paid for. You know, I mean if if they paid maybe £25 million up front and then well i will take £2.5 and and now wouldn't you <laughs> yeah and then
0: maybe £10 million for three years but essentially if he gets that move that wipes out our debts and puts a decent amount of money into the coffers oh yeah to yeah. make us a stable club for a while it, it's a it sounds terrible but his career potentially changes
1: our football club really isn't it? <laughs> Henderson and Branfoe could seriously make a massive impact on the future of Carlisle United couldn't they
0: definitely it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens then. I,
1: I personally, I don't think he's going to go. I think he'll end up at Sheffield United for the season. You think? And we'll make our money through Man United in another year. Uh, I would assume if he does play for England this autumn, if England games happen, that we would get our... Apparently yeah. there's a rumour it's a million pounds if he plays for England. It'd be incredible, though, which I that. Which would be a, a nice little coffer booster.
0: Yeah, but it's one of those ones that the rumours are he wants to force a move because he's he doesn't want to be number two at Man United and he doesn't want to go on loan again. And he thinks he's good enough to be England keeper at the Euros next time. He's a confident lad. We've, we've seen that before. But Man United's problem is they've got David De Gea on 350 grand a week and they can't have him sat on the bench on that money. They just can't. It's not no, doesn't no. make sense. Yeah.
1: It'll be, be an interesting few weeks regarding the Dean Henderson situation.
0: Definitely, definitely. Okay, um, so we're at the end of the episode now. So let's pick our competition winner for the... Uh, the bucket hat. So I'm going to use a random number generator on um, Google. What I'm going to do though, Dan, let me just load up this random generator, uh, is I'm going to ask you to tell me how many times I should press it before we get to the number. So I can keep pressing the button and it'll uh, refresh it to the one. So give me a number of times I should press it. Not something right. stupid, by the way. No, because no. Because we don't want dead air here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my, my thinking here is it's for the Dean Walling bucket hat from Football oh, What are you going to say here? So, Dino's regular number at Carlisle United was number...
0: Four, wasn't it, I think?
1: Correct. So, four times.
0: Okay, so let's do number four times. If you are number 11, you're unlucky. If you're number four, you're unlucky. If you're number one, you're unlucky. But if you're number eight, you've just won a bucket hat. Let's see who number eight was. Number eight is Lewis Ridley. And I know, Lewis, <laughs> it's going to sound like it's a fix. It's not. I 100% promise you it's not a fix. But congratulations, Lewis. You've just won a Dean Walling bucket hat uh, as produced by footballbubbles.com. Uh, we'll get your details and get it sent out to you. Um, so, yeah, uh, congratulations, Lewis. A um, little bit of a throw ahead here. That I understand the guys at Football Bubbles are potentially looking at doing a version of those two hats as bobble hats in the winter you have to wait and see if that happens, though. It might be coming. Um, you can pre-order the hat still, so get yourself on the website if you want to get one. Um, so I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Thanks again, Dan, for your time. Always good to have no a catch-up, up, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so coming up soon, we're going to release a special episode on the 0506 season. Now, I recorded the first part of this with Mike Booth last week, and we should be doing the second part soon. Got some great memories from to look back there. Uh, it was really good to chat about the first half season. Interesting to look how, you know, you didn't realise how we struggled at, signs towards the start of that season mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so uh, we'll be doing that, me and Dan are going to do an episode next Friday when the EFL fixtures are announced which we'll look at the games we face this season and if obviously the live stream has been done we'll, we'll talk about the workings in friendly as well actually be good to talk about how the, some of the new signings actually played in that game um, me and Dan obviously are going to do that kit special as well and maybe look at getting a couple more specials done in the next month or so um, the aim once the season starts by the way is to Maybe try and do a preview episode each week, and a uh, an episode looking at the game as well. So before each match, we'll see what we can get done. We're going to try and do some season previews, well, aren't we done? Fourth season yeah,
1: starts. Yes, yeah, I know. We've uh, we've had contact with a couple of other podcasts from mm. other teams and divisions. So we'll yeah. we'll probably look at yeah. early September doing a preview edition.
0: Yeah, what we might try and do is we might try and do the preview episode with me, you, and Mike all discussing so we can give our views and we'll, we'll all look into a few clubs each and say how we think the league's going to turn out. Um, We'll, we'll put our predictions together and see who, who who's right at the end of the season. Uh, based on my ones when I used to edit hit the bar, it's probably not going to be me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, thanks again everyone for listening. If you've got any comments or feedback or there's anything you'd like to suggest we discuss, please send them in via Twitter at Brunton Bugle or by email to bruntonbugle at gmail.com. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast via all good podcast apps, including Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Please do give us a review. We really appreciate the excellent feedback we've had so far. I know you've been looking at a few of those, Dan. and have been really happy to see that.
1: Yeah, some uh, some five-star reviews. So thanks very much to all yep. the listeners for those.
0: Yeah, and I've been looking at the analytics, and we've got listeners all over the world. Yeah. Get, do you want to hear some of the countries, Dan, before we yeah, go? Yeah, there were some interesting ones. So go on. Go on. We've, got, uh, we've got listeners in the UK, obviously, has got the most. United States. We've got one listener in Norway. I think we know who that is. An old friend of ours. Um, Denmark, N- Netherlands, Australia, and they're the Belton ones. We've got Germany, New Zealand, Canada, and Kenya. We've got a Kenyan listener. If you're the Kenyan listener, thank you for tuning in. We do get really Get in touch with us. It. Yes, get in touch. The Kenyan. Nairobi Blues. That's what we want to hear from. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks again everyone for listening and uh, up the blues.
1: Up the blues.